welcome back to the uh, second episode of Sideline Chatter. We're going to kick it off today by discussing the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. I'm Will Owens. I'm here with Montgomery Jordan and Dylan Scheel. What's up? Hey. The first question we have today in our NFL segment is Aaron Rodgers is 0-4 in his last four starts against number one defenses. And the Rams currently have the number one total scoring and passing defense. Will Aaron Rodgers go 0-5 against this defense? Well, Will, I believe he will. The biggest matchup of the game is obviously going to be Ramsey versus Adams. I think if Adams wins that matchup, that Aaron Rodgers will have a good day. But I just don't see them being able to produce enough because Troy Hill, the cornerback number two for the Rams, is top 10 is a top 10 cornerback, and he is their number two. He is top 10 in all of the league. And the Packers just don't really have a for real wide receiver, too. Lazard and Yes are just they're mediocre at best. Um, and then also, I, Cam Akers has been on a roll late in the season. He's shown he can get hot and he can produce yards. And when you run, you tear a clock, so you can't give that ball to Aaron Rodgers. And the Green Bay run D is 21st and yards per attempt. And I think Cam Akers is going to have himself another career day close to 150 yards and a tidy or two. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a close game. When I was looking at that Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams matchup, they're both 6-1, which I didn't realize. Uh, I thought Adams was, like, a lot bigger than Ramsey is. They're going to match up pretty evenly. So I think a lot of it does come down to that matchup. I also think it's important, though, not to underestimate Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I know that Aaron Donald is healthy. He had a little rib injury. He's a little banged up, but he's set to play. But overall, I think it's it's in Lambeau. It's going to be cold. So I think it's a low-scoring affair, but the Packers win. And the under is 45.5. I'd take the under. Yeah, I agree. They're gonna Packers happen. win. Yeah, I think it's going to be very, very low-scoring. It's going to be a great game, though. I agree with Gummy. I think that the Rams, while the Rams do have a really good defense, I think that they're not going to contain Aaron Rodgers. He's having an MVP year. The Packers have the first overall offense in the NFL, and I think that the first overall offense in this game is overpowering the first overall defense, especially Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. And I just don't think that even if the Rams can stop the Packers a little bit on defense. I don't know how well Jared Goff can do on offense to kind of catch up with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Yeah, but, I mean, you saw what they did to Seattle, and Seattle's been a top offense all year. So, I think they're – Yeah, but Goff I would, I would sucks. The Packers, I would take the Packers offense over this is Seattle. Seahawks I mean, yeah, offense top, yeah, Packers is top three in the league, top two maybe. Um Top one. Packers win. You think they're better than the Chiefs? Packers have the best offense in the league. Wow, that is bold. Statistically, no. Yeah, what? <laughs> no, no, no. Statistically, Statistically no. no. All right, let's move on. Let's Their move offense on. is ranked number Okay, okay. All right, next question. After seeing the Browns put up 48 points on the Steelers' defense, can they keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City? I mean, the Chiefs have the 21st run D in the league. They're allowing 122 yards per game. So I think Chubb and Hunt are going to be able to run effectively. But I still don't think the Browns have enough juice to beat the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are just too good. 
So I think it's a, a really high scoring game, actually. I think both teams score a lot, but I think the Chiefs win. And the over under is 57. I'm going over Chiefs win. Wow. Oh, over the 57. That's high. Oh, yeah. I, I do think the Chiefs win the game. But yeah, I'm with you there. I think the Browns keep it interesting because their D has a lot of talent on it. And sometimes they don't always perform and they let teams slip back in. Like they allowed Tennessee and Pittsburgh to put up how many, like 30 points, 30 plus each. But they were already winning that game by miles. So I think they just kind of didn't give it their all. And yeah, like you said, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are the second best combo in the league behind Lamar and Dobbins uh, at running back. Because <laughs> uh, Lamar's a running back, yeah. He is. 100%. That's all he does. Does not throw the ball. Um, but yeah, uh, I think they're gonna. The Browns are gonna show kind of a performance like Washington did against Tampa Bay. Just they're gonna give it their all, but they're just not gonna be the superior team in the end. Yeah, I agree with Dylan. The Browns, I think they're 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 showing some really promising signs. But I think that this matchup just favors the Chiefs because the Browns' defense is stronger on the rushing side of the ball they have they allow the ninth fewest rush yards per game out of defenses and the 23rd fewest so ninth most uh passing yards on defense and the chiefs offense thrives on passing yards so i think that that's going to be an issue for the browns and while the browns have an incredible running back duo with kareem hunt and nick chubb i don't think they'll be able to run the ball that much because they're going to have to keep up with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. You can't run the ball against the Chiefs. Yeah, that's a great point, too. Yeah, they're going to be playing from behind, probably. So We will see. We will see. We will see. I wonder what the weather's like. That'll have an effect. On Speaking that of bad weather, the Bills. I mean, it might be. The Bills be. host their first ever primetime playoff game on Saturday night. Who comes out on top in this clash of 2018 quarterbacks? It's going to be snowy in Buffalo. Well, that is a great question. And you're probably not going to like my answer. Oh, he's going to pick Lamar. I am going to pick Lamar. <laughs> you want to know why? Because he is on a revenge tour. They got bull crap last season. Is Josh Allen not on a revenge tour? We lost. No, Josh Allen scrub, yo. He don't deserve to be even in the MVP conversation. This is Dylan's oh, turn. Oh my god, you're Josh embarrassing. Josh you're Allen. gonna embarrass our podcast. Josh Allen was one play away from doing the same exact thing he did last year. If oh. that offensive lineman did not recover that fumble, he is the same same exact play as last year, and he uh, forfeits that playoff game. I don't think he can perform it. They big. also missed a fumble call. You could say that about anything. I'm just telling you what I think. Hey, I think it's going to be very high. It's going to be very high scoring. I think it's it's going to come down to, between the running of Lamar and his playmaking and if Josh Allen can make the correct plays at the correct times. And I, I honestly think the winner of the game will be the Ravens because they're going to force more turnovers than the Bills D will. I'm extremely biased. Right. Extremely biased. There's no situation where I don't take the Bills. It doesn't matter who the Bills are playing. I'm taking the Bills. Exactly. Um, I mean, I'm taking the Bills in this game. If we can contain Lamar, we don't let him run. If we make Lamar pass, it's going to be a blizzard in Buffalo, I think, which is going to be kind of weird. But 
That's also true. The air of the game is going to be less there and the running game is going to be more. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. It, it might not uh, – I don't really know what the weather is looking like. But if if the Bills make Lamar throw, we make the Ravens play from behind, then – um. Yeah, and how do you suggest the Bills make Lamar throw? Well, please enlighten me. We score points early. All right. Let me get in here. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Get, give your two. Here's Josh Allen. Ravens have the seventh best defense in the league. They're an elite unit, but the Bills have one of the best offenses in the league. They owed Henry uh, to less than 50. It's supposed to be snowy. Lamar's never played in the snow. Lamar's uh, I think the Florida, Bills, born and raised. Yeah, and he played in Louisville. Lamar, Lamar. Ain't never played in the snow. That boy don't know what to do. Drogan It's going over Bill's win. Yes, sir. That's what I like to hear. All right. We'll see. We'll see. In the snow. In the snow, the over. Ooh. Over 56. Bill's win. Mortal lock. Lock it in, all the pod listeners. Tell them gummy sent you. Put put your life savings on this game. Bill's money line. Lock. If you lose your money. You're not going to lose your money. I'll sell my house for you. If you lose your money, I'll sell my house. You're not losing your money. Uh, Bet on the bills every week. We're not losing. All right, next question. We have the battle of the veterans between Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Does Tom Brady end Drew Brees' career with a Saints playoff loss? Yes, yes, he does. And as a Panthers fan, as a Panthers fan, it's going to be glorious. Drew Brees is out of here. Tom Brady beats him uh, over under 52. It's going under Bucks win. That's all you need to know. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I, I completely agree there. The I, It's Brady in the playoffs. I mean, look at his record. I mean, Brady has won a Super Bowl, but he's just not the same caliber as Brady is. And they're averaging 30 points per game on the season. They had 31 on a talented Washington football team defense. Um, and yeah, he just isn't the same. He doesn't create those, like I said on the other podcasts, those explosive big chunk plays that you're going to need to beat a team like Tampa Bay who's going to put up 30 a game or maybe even more. I really, I think they might stomp him, honestly. A little revenge, too, because oh my goodness, the Saints uh, won twice. They stomp him, but it's under 52. Yeah, no, it's going no, under. No, no, no. The Saints aren't losing to the Buccaneers. The Saints are arguably the most well-rounded team in the league. They have a top seven offense, top six defense. Michael Thomas is finally healthy. It's what they've been waiting for. Alvin Kamara is completely healthy. Drew Brees is coming out. Playoff Drew Brees is not losing to this. Drew Brees is trash. He's washed. I mean, also, Drew Brees I just want to say to the listeners, I just want to say, if I go 4-0 on my over-unders, I might be the next Jesus. Just want to say all right um i think the saints win this game i think that the buccaneers corners are awful their secondary is really bad they have a good rush defense but nobody is stopping the slant king michael thomas can't guard mike no over 100 yards for michael thomas this game lock lock that in 100 yards receiving for michael thomas lock it in with the over-unders Bold predictions for the for the uh, division round. All right, here's my bold prediction: Lamar, 400 plus scrimmage yards, and he still loses because he sucks. Lamar has 400 plus scrimmage yards, and the Ravens still lose. That's bold. Mine is the Rams shock the Packers, um, and neither team reaches past 15 points. Ooh, that's bold. 
Yes, very very low scoring game. And that Lambeau weather, I think it's going to be a back and forth game. It's going to be all about field position. This isn't that bold, but I have the Browns either winning or keeping this game within one possession. I don't think the Chiefs are blowing out the Browns in Kansas City. The Browns have so much motivation and uh, momentum going into this game. I think that the Browns plus 10 spread is a lock. And that's a hell of a bold prediction right there. That was real bold, covering the spread. (laughs) Again, after last week, Bills win by two scores. That's like kind of bold. That doesn't happen often in the playoffs. Okay, sure. Also, listeners, if you guys want free money, just lock in all of our bets into a parlay, and you will win. Browns covering. Browns covering, I would put my life on that. Yep. You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it right. hits the over next question next Even question on the off season the discussion about uh sean watson the situation in houston situation with uh the texans front office where's deshaun watson gonna be next season what do you guys think he needs to get the hell out of there that is just a ship that is on fire and it's gonna continue to sink and sink and sink for the next 10 years they have no cap next year they don't draft until round three, and th- th- there's just no future there. They don't have a young core that's exciting. They, he needs to get out of there, get to a team with weapons, a team with a mediocre defense that's going to keep him in game so we can win it for him. Um, I'd like him. I'd like to see him on the Panthers, maybe on Gummy's team. I, I'd like on the that. Panthers. Yep. Eddie in the eighth pick, and maybe some more draft compensation. Um, I'd also like to see him at San Fran. That would be really exciting. If he gets to San Fran, then I think a dynasty could be created there with that talented defense. So Deshaun Watson right now, he's like, dude, he's like the prisoner on the boat and he's locked up and the boat is like on fire and he's just stuck because he's so valuable. You can't trade for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's too trade for like he's he's too valuable to trade for it's like not possible to get him i'm a panthers fan and i would give up teddy and our next four first round picks for deshaun watson that's how much i want him but we're not going to get him because he's impossible to get so i think he just stays put and also there is so much weird stuff coming out of houston right now like they've got this like motivational coach who's in the owner's ear making all the decisions but he's staying put you you can't trade for him if I'm Houston, I trade him. I I I just I start fresh. That's what I would want to do. Y'all think Deshaun Watson could go to Miami? Uh, no, I like Tua too much there. I think you got to give Tua a shot. Agreed. What about uh, Panthers? What Detroit. About Chicago kick out Trubisky. Yeah, Trubisky, my pick. Chicago. Trubisky crapped the bed. He did nothing. That, that was bad. I like him there. Actually, I mean, well, what's his name? Drop that touchdown. Wims. Yeah, that would have made a. I mean, yeah, it would have switched the whole momentum. All right, moving into the uh, coaching moves. First one we have is the firing of Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. I think everyone saw it coming. I mean, after week 17, um, he, won, he won them a Super Bowl. If I'm a Philly fan, I'm happy that he brought a Super Bowl to the great city. But, um, yeah, I, I think I – Philadelphia think- is not a great city. Let's establish that now. Philadelphia is brotherly not- love, man. Brotherly love, but no, I think I think a great fit there would be actually be the Panthers' offensive coordinator. 
and Joe Brady. Don't say that. Um, Why? He they need, had one year. They, they need a great offensive mind, someone who's creative. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad Dougie P got fired. He sucks. Uh, he got lucky with that Super Bowl. But bold prediction, he goes to the Texans. He's their new head coach. I don't have much else to say about this. I'm glad Doug Peterson got fired. Bad coach for Philadelphia. All right, Urban Meyer, former Ohio State, the Ohio State University football coach, signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars as their new head coach. How are we feeling about that? I don't like it. Uh, the co- like the college to NFL transition is weird. It doesn't work for a lot of really good coaches. It didn't work for Saban. And also the Jags have Sad Khan as their uh, their owner, who's like a mega, mega like billionaire. He's super rich, but he wants a super heavy involvement. So if he's just in Urban's ear, I can see Urban faking another like health risk in like three years and he's gone. Or maybe six months into this thing, Urban's just like, yeah, my heart's going because he's just fed up with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's very – the college, the NFL jumps, it's hard, challenging, but – I mean, he's a guy who wins. He's won in college. He's 187 and 32 in his uh, collegiate career as a coach. He's playing with all five-star recruits. Yeah, and he's coming into a franchise that's getting uh, once-in-a-lifetime talent in Trevor Lawrence. They already have two great young receivers in Chenault and Chark who can only mature and get better. And then let's not mention the snubbed offensive player of the year, James Robinson. I think that young core is going to be something to look for in the coming years. And I think Urban Meyer could help develop that. I like the decision. I mean, head coach signings are, you can always argue that one would be better than the other, but we can't really tell until we see what happens. I think that Urban Meyer is pretty good. I mean, yeah, he's a winning coach. Can't really do much more as a coach than win. I'm kind of, I'm excited to see what happens in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. And, uh, Future is pretty bright there. Moving into the NBA segment of this podcast, the first topic we have is James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. How are we feeling about that? Uh, I mean, with Harden to the Nets now, they probably have like one of like on paper the best big threes that's ever been assembled with KD, Kyrie, and Harden. But the thing is, there's like a few things that are going to need to go right for them to win. Because the expectation now is they have to win a title. So the first thing is, like, they have to compromise. There has to be a third and second option on the team. Like, one of KD, Kyrie, and Harden has to be willing to be off the ball some. Like, they're three ISO players. They can't all run just ISO the whole game. So who's going to be that third option is who I'm really questioning. And then, like, off the court, what's going on with Kyrie? Apparently, he's mad that Steve Nash got hired. Is he going to play with this with the nets again apparently he could be in void of his contract so they have to sort sort out their off the court chemistry um and honestly i can just see them shipping katie or Kyrie out of there because they with harden and katie they can be just fine yeah and then like i'm also super concerned about them defensively because they gave up jared allen who's a really good interior shot blocker and deandre jordan can't play 35 minutes a night so what are they going to do at center and what are they going to do defensively Exactly. I think their plan right now is to put KD down at the four and uh, Jeff Green at the five. He played the five in Houston last year, and they went small ball. So I think small ball is what they're, I guess, going to do. But 
it's not going to win you a championship. Bottom line, I don't. I, the, it's not like there's no way that you can take three ISO players, put them together, and just have automatic chemistry that's going to win you a, a championship, especially in a season that's again ten games shorter. Um, Houston couldn't with ISO ball. They tried with Westbrook and Harden, didn't work. It won them a couple of playoff games, but again, it's not winning championships. I think they need they have to ship Kyrie out and get a nice solid bench, get like three good solid role players out of them because if they can surround Harden and Durant with that that changes the game um I want to emphasize again on that the whole championship the way you win a championship in the NBA um, with the Raptors and Lakers last two champions we've seen each player on the team specializes in something um LeBron he's a playmaker AD he's the scorer uh, Caruso comes in off the bench brings energy and then you have Kawhi the claw obviously the MVP the star player Van Vliet um, the shooter, uh, Siakam, the kind of do-it-all guy, hustle player. So you, you need, every team needs a specific player that specializes in something. And the Nets – First off, call Siakam by his real name. Pascal. The Nets, they gave up way too much in that trade too. I, I, losing Levert, it's just – it stings. And uh, Joe Harris has not been playing like he should be with the contract that he signed this offseason. So I don't like the play. I think it really just – it ruins a bunch of chemistry up there in Brooklyn. All right. Get Kyrie out of there. Facts. As part of that same James Harden trade, we have Victor Oladipo going to the Houston Rockets. Um, what is that going to do to this team? I love the trade, personally, for the Rockets. Um, I think with Christian Wood playing like he is now, I mean, he's playing amazing. The guy's putting up 22 a game. He's hitting some tough shots that I didn't see him do or hit when he was in uh, Detroit. Um, and I think it's going to – the heart, the whole Harden dilemma, I think, is going to bring the team together and create a great environment in the locker room. Uh, you saw John Wall and Buggy Cousins were already already upset. And, again, they have two great veterans in there. John Wall still has to prove himself more this year. I haven't seen that much out of him. That's really wowed me. But, yeah, I like the team. They beat the Spurs tonight. Um, I, I think they'll get in the playoffs as a 7-8, maybe a 6 and, I mean, they could make a name for themselves. Who knows? All right. So, this is another bold take. But when I look at this team and this, like, starting five on paper, right, I got John Wall at the one, Oladipo at the two, Daniel House at the three, P.J. Tucker at the four, Christian Wood at the five, and then Eric Gordon and Boogie Cousins off the bench. I kind of get, like, a dark horse vibe for this team this year. Yeah, exactly. They're they're pretty deep. They can guard. They've got plenty of scores. Christian Wood's great this year. John Wall's only going to get better. Oladipo's a bucket. Eric Gordon's going to be great off the bench. I think it was overall, like, this is a great, great couple trades for the Rockets. I think, they, I think they're going to be a contender. Like, they're going to be one of those teams that kind of sneak up on you. Moving into LaMelo Ball's triple-double, the youngest player to ever accomplish that. Uh what are our thoughts on this? Yeah, there's not too much to say about it, but we just kind of wanted to shout him out. Shout him out. Uh, I think when you look at it, it's a huge accomplishment, but also he's definitely leading the rookie of the year race right now. He's third in points per game among, rook among rookies at 11.7. Uh, he's first in assist, point, assist per game, first in rebounds per game, and he's first in steals per game. And this is all in limited minutes. He hasn't been starting. He's been coming off the bench. So, uh, Shout out to Lamella Ball. Yeah, he's been he's been balling out so far. Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> great pun there, Gummy. That was that was excellent. Um, yeah, I agree. I he's been playing a lot better than at least I expected him to. I didn't think his game would transition to the NBA that well, but still, I'd like to see more consistent consistency out of him, especially shooting the ball. It's a really really poor rookie class. I haven't seen anything that has amazed me. I think he'll win rookie of the year out of a crapshoot class. So if that means anything, but it, it is a big ac- accomplishment to have a triple double that young, especially playing against grown ass men. Like me. That concludes our NBA segment. We're now going to wrap up with some big headlines from the sports world. Uh, the first headline we have is Devonta a. Smith winning the Heisman trophy and Alabama winning the national championship is Mac Jones an NFL caliber quarterback and is the Alabama dynasty falling anytime soon? Uh, pretty obviously, pretty obvious. The dynasty is not going to fall anytime soon, but getting into Mac Jones, uh, I'm honestly not that high on him, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him go in the top 10 just because of how well he's played but I think when you've got that many weapons around you, you got such a good O-line, you got the Heisman winner as your wide receiver one, you got a great running back, uh, and you got the best head coach in college football. I think it's super hard to not succeed. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him go at like eight. Like I'd be upset if the Panthers f- picked him, but I could see that happening. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think he's just an average quarterback. I think he'd be like a, I don't know, just a solid average quarterback. He's not a franchise guy. Jared Goff. Yeah. yeah, he's Mac Jones is the next Jared Goff. I'd say he's a little bit worse. Jared Goff That's is arguably franchise. He's very underrated. Jared Goff is trash and Mac Jared Jones. Jared Goff is not underrated. Jared Goff. Um, Jared Goff is completely carried by his defense. My opinion on if the dynasty will ever fall is hell no. There's no way that you can fall when you're continuously just getting five-star recruit after five-star recruit and the most athletic kids in America are always wanting to come to you. They have the Belichick of college football um, and Saban, he knows all the ins and outs and he knows how to win, most importantly. Mac Jones, he's, he's yeah, again, like Gummy said, it's hard to tell when you have that kind of weapon that are that many weapons around you, but I think he's got the size, um, the brain. Uh, he was obviously coached by Saban, so he has l- good football IQ. And he is a little bit athletic for a bigger guy, so I think he could survive in the NFL. And, again, I don't think he's necessarily a franchise quarterback, but I think he could come in and surprise a lot of people. All right, to conclude this episode, we have a fan question from Haven Garretson uh, asking us what our thoughts were regarding the – Washington football team's quarterback situation with um, Taylor Heineke and Alex Smith and what the football team's front office should do. Well, Haven, Heineke is not the answer. Tiny Heine? No, not it. Um, He showed great heart, great great competitive uh, spirit in the game against Tampa Bay, but I I don't think he's your – your future answer uh i'd look to trade find someone free agent um or possibly draft a quarterback depending on who's left on the board when y'all are up 
Um, but again, and Alex Smith might not retire. And again, you could have him for another year, but this year's quarterback draft class is pretty deep. So I think if you're going to get one, you might look to get one this year. So I'm assuming this guy is a Washington football team fan. Yeah. Listen, Washington football team fans, I know exactly what you guys need to do. Trade your first round pick for Teddy Bridgewater. You get your dynasty quarterback. The Panthers get a first round pick. It's a win-win. I think that uh, neither Alex Smith nor Taylor Heineke can help this team in the future. They have a great young defense. They have some pretty good weapons on offense. Antonio Gibson, I'm liking his future. I like Terry McLaurin. I think that the Washington football team should draft a Everybody likes them too, okay? I like them. I like them. I think the football team should draft a quarterback this year. It's a really, really deep quarterback class. If they can't find a quarterback or they don't draft one, trade. Matthew Stafford. Sean Watson's probably too expensive. Gardner Minshew. Be available. Gardner Minshew after available. Trevor Lawrence gets drafted. No. Gardner's not the answer. <laughs> Bridgewater would be available if they wanted Teddy Bridgewater. That wraps up the uh, second episode of Sideline Chatter. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Appreciate you all. Hey, make sure you get the bets in. We're so, going 6 and 0. Bill's money line is a lock. Don't We're on the over unders. All right. You should trust everything we say. We are professionals. Thank you. We are licensed professionals. Up next.